I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, November 9th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, I'm not sure if you saw this on Twitter. I know a lot of people did. It was a, it was a very liked tweet. So one Philadelphia man ate an entire rotisserie chicken for 40 days. And on the 40th day, he drew a crowd of hundreds of onlookers to watch him eat this chicken. And I have to ask you, Jay, do you think you could eat 40 days worth of rotisserie chickens? <laughs> I saw this and I didn't even think it was that big of a deal. Wow. I mean, we, I think we live in Toronto, in the capital of rotisserie chickens, to be quite honest. And I think I could eat one 40 days. And if there's a sponsor out there who wants to sponsor this challenge, I will try it. Yeah, it's too bad Tim's. By the way, we are recording this in front of a live audience at the Peaks Ben on Canada Summit. And if Tim's had a rotisserie chicken department, they would be all in. And we could actually try this out. I, I might try it out anyway, just for fun. Okay, well, uh, we'll see all of you in 40 days when Jay is filming live his 40th rotisserie chicken that he's eating. I'll weigh 265 pounds. Brett, aside from rotisserie chickens, we will or we won't eat. What do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, retirees are going back to work. For our second story, the feds are dishing out more money to improve Canadian healthcare. And for our last story, FTX is done. For our first story, retirees used to spend their time sunning in Florida. These days, they're going back to work. Brett, why are snowbirds giving up their lives of leisure? Well, let's start with what's driving the news. Move over, quiet quitting. There's a new buzzword taking the labor market by storm. It's called unretiring, and it's the act of returning to the workforce after dipping out. According to a new survey by Edward Jones, a third of Canadians plan to work after retirement, while a third of new retirees struggle to find sense of post-job purpose. And here's why it's happening. A mix of personal and economic reasons push retirees back to work. One major factor is that jobs give them a chance to socialize and stave off loneliness. Isolation among seniors has been on the rise since the pandemic and is connected to a sad mix of health issues, including higher risk of mortality. Now, financial pressures also play a role for seniors living on fixed incomes as pensions, old age security, and guaranteed income supplements fail to keep pace with inflation. Now for why it matters, Brett. As long as they're willing to accommodate the needs of retirees, a great unretirement could be a boon for Canadian employers dealing with an historic labor crunch. Retirement shot up by almost 50% last year and 22% of Canadians are nearing retirement age. If some retirees return to work, the gray waves tide could turn. In some cases, older workers can also bring missing expertise to workplaces and be more open to working as short shifts or odd days that younger workers just won't do. But there's still a stigma around hiring older employees and physically demanding sectors that are understaffed, like construction, they require younger, slightly more able bodies. And here's the bottom line. Unretirement has a shot at being a big win-win for retirees and employers. Here's hoping these unretirements are more like Michael Jordan's and less like Tom Brady's. I'm feeling very attacked in this whole story. <laughs> Jay's a Patriots fan, for those of and, you who don't know. And I'm old. And you're old. Correct. Yeah. For our second story, the federal government will dish out money to fix provincial health care. Hooray. There's just one small catch, Brett. Provinces must commit to building and contributing data to a national health system that would increase transparency around how that money is being spent. Now, let's start with why this matters. Healthcare systems in many parts of the country are already under intense strain. Provincial premiers, no matter how much they disagree at times, are united in their view that the federal government is not carrying its weight when it comes to paying for health care. The math behind who funds health care, a $186 billion annual bill, is complicated and contested. But the bottom line is that provinces want $40 billion more per year. Now, some premiers aren't totally satisfied with the terms that would apply. Quebec's health minister has already rejected Ottawa's proposal, saying the money should not come with any strings attached. 
like the requirement to share more data. But Federal Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos said he's willing to bypass Quebec and anyone else who doesn't want to play ball by striking a separate deal. Now, here's the bottom line. Canada's healthcare system is over capacity. Surgeries are being delayed, wait times are rising, and emergency rooms are packed tighter than a free Drake concert. <laughs> now the question is, how much money will be made available to relieve that pressure? For our third story, and just like that, one of the world's most valuable cryptocurrency exchanges has fallen. All good things must come to an end, Jay. And that's definitely true for Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX. Here's what happened. Chengpeng Zhao, the billionaire behind the world's largest crypto firm, Binance, took over FTX, its biggest rival, in a fire sale brought on at least in part by his own stir-the-pot media statements. Now, you're probably wondering how he ended up here. I am, and so we're going to walk through this pretty slowly because it's not the most straight-line story. <laughs> Before FTX, led by the king of cryptocurrency, Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, as Brett mentioned, became a household name, Binance was an early investor in the company before later offloading its stake. The deal involved accepting $2 billion in an FTX-created token named FTT. Now, FTX grew and Binance became a friendly competitor, all while sitting on billions in basically forgotten FTT tokens. These were most used like a point system with an FTX platform and didn't draw much trade value. But then three days ago, CZ tweeted that he would dump every last penny of the $2 billion in FTT tokens after SBF, who's largely pro-crypto regulation, started to show support for a proposed U.S. bill that would threaten decentralized finance, including Binance. It's a bit of a crypto soap opera, if you will. Very quickly, the value of FTT began to fall, which would not be so bad if it didn't turn out that SBF's hedge fund Alameda, which is linked to FTX, hold most of its assets in that said token. Investors freaked out and started withdrawing money from FTX over fears the platform would collapse, threatening liquidity and FTX's overall business. A good old-fashioned bank run. And now we're back to where we started. Crypto commentator Sean Puri tweeted, Binance basically started a rumor made a threat, and ended up buying its biggest competitor overnight. And here's why this all matters. The acquisition is a stunning fall for one of the largest and most trusted crypto brands and will consolidate more industry power in Binance's hands. And then what's next? More details will emerge over the coming days, but Binance has signed a non-binding agreement to acquire FTX to help the company deal with its liquidity crunch. And a fun fact, Jay, Binance's CEO, CZ, he went to McGill. We? Oui. We. Oui. <laughs> Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, to thanks to Dale Richardson, who's in the house today, and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Thanks to the Peak team. Thanks, everybody. Who's here. Thanks, everybody, for coming. <laughs>